Good morning, and welcome to Operators Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, January 20th, I'm sorry, January 27th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 44, brand new chapter, chapter 4, We Agnostics. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Diane G., 12 Traditions, Anne-Marie M., reading the text, Chelsea H., Terry H., Deanna B. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, January 26, 2015, is 7234, 7234, OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Diane G., would you please press a star one? Melanie, can you hear me now? I can. I can. Thank you. Oh, great. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here this morning to read the 12 steps. One, we we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a, search, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
and 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Melanie, and I pass. Thank you, Diane G. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Carolina. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, except but our, I'm sorry, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside um, issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public, public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are at a new chapter, Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 44. And I will ask Chelsea H. uh, to begin our study this morning. Thank you, Melanie. Thanks for your service. (laughs) Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea, something happened. Would you please press star one? We lost you. Hi, Melanie. Thank you for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. And out of breath because I ran back upstairs. Mm. 
In the pre- we agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only one, with, uh, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And I'm Chelsea. I'm still a recovered compulsive overeater for today, and I apologize for being out of breath. And also for wanting so desperately to say one, because only to me means one spiritual experience will conquer this. So this chapter, We Agnostics, has to do with people without knowledge. We without knowledge of what my spirituality will be. So this chapter for me gives me spiritual information to help me come to a conclusion whether I need power and also the need for God, if you will, as I understand God. And here also it explains to me the condition which makes a compulsive overeater. If when I honestly want to, I find that I cannot quit entirely, or if when I'm eating, I can't control the amount that I'm going to eat, that allergy, then I'm probably an alcoholic. And it's telling me that in order to do anything about that, there's only one thing that can be done, and I have to figure out whether or not I need that solution. Or else why would I even bother being in the program or doing the steps? It doesn't, if I didn't think I needed power, I certainly wouldn't embark on this journey because I would think that I could still do it on my own. That's that lurking notion. So since I had all the information from the previous chapters, learning about my allergy and that I had a mind that was uh, broken as well, now I'm realizing that I'm screwed. What am I going to do? What will I do at this point? So it's going to give me some spiritual information to help me become clear since I am without knowledge because I am an agnostic. I don't know. I have no, I don't know. I've been exposed to religion up the wazoo and felt that it was an overdose of religion. So I'm not with that area of um, where I was. And also I'm not um, atheist because I believe that there is something greater than me. I just don't know what it is. I am without knowledge. So this information here is telling me that if I have the malady, if I have this malady where I have an obsession of the mind and an allergy of the body whenever I ingest any of my binge foods, that only one thing is going to help me conquer that. Because in and of myself, I can't do anything except eat to get ease and comfort when I get a bad case of the RIDS, restlessness, irritability, and discomfort. So thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Anna. Madam. Good morning. This is Vass. I'd like to share too, please. Thank you. Thank you. I do have um, about five here. Thanks so much, everyone. I have Lauren S., Paula D., Matt M., Katie F., Larry K., and Vasa O. We'll go with that number for now. Thank you so much. Good morning, Lauren S. Thank you. Um, Lauren S. A recovered 
compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh. <clears throat> we hope you've made clear the distinction between the compulsive overeater and the non-compulsive overeater. And then it gives me those two parts, you know, can I quit? And then when I'm eating, do I have control over how much I'm eating? And it ended with saying, I need a spiritual experience. <laughs> That's the kicker. Um, just relating <laughs> to my story, when I got to this page in the work, I was ready. I came in more atheist than not, but I was ready for any solution that didn't involve the food. And quite frankly, any solution that didn't involve Lauren. And I had to be willing and ready to just have food not be a choice. Because as long as food was still an option, I was going to go back to it. And when I got to this part in the book, I had worked such, well, I I hoped I had worked. I mean, the, the big book study I was in had had me work a thorough sick first step that by the time I got to this part, I was ready. And I worked the first, page 44 I worked the, the first um, 44 pages and then the, then the other 10 uh, 10 or so pages or 20 or so pages prior to the doctor's opinion by going through every statement and asking myself if it was true for me and if I really believed this text in my story, not just reading it blindly, but relating it thoroughly to myself and really seeing how unmanageable my my life was. Um, okay. And then, yeah, and then finally, just to wrap up, the title, We Agnostics. I, I think that we are all agnostic in some way. At least that's what I, well, I'll just say Lauren. I think Lauren is always going to be an agnostic um, in some way. So, you know, going through this text today, I'm still agnostic in some areas. I still think I can run the show. So I like that. That title resonates with me. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren S. Good morning, Paula D. And good morning, Melanie. This would be Paula D. currently in Florida. I am a compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God. I know I said thank you, Melanie. I didn't know you heard me. And then you said my name. This is here. We agnostics. I spoke, but I didn't know I was being heard. That was where the doubt was. Am I being heard? You, uh, yes, if that's the question, you are loud and clear. Ah. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, <laughs> it is the question, but it relates here. In, thank you. Oh, Melanie, thank you. And then it says, 
in the preceding chapters to go before. It went before this. I couldn't come to this place until I read before, and I lived before. You have learned something of alcoholism, something I didn't want to even learn. Didn't it say about the denial? Oh, yeah, I lived there. Of the obsession? No, not me. And then it goes to it, made clear the distinction. Yeah, I'm circling these lines. I'm camping right here. Easily seen, not obscure. A doubter, always obscure. Couldn't easily see it. But I'm going to kind of zip on down here. Not passing the honesty that it talks about. But right here, if that be the case, doesn't it sound like a good lawyer? Okay, here's the case that I'm going to present to you. It's a powerful case. But even more, you will see. You will see as we go here. You may be suffering, and that I did, from an illness which only, I love the emphasis that was placed on that word, only. There wasn't anything else until I believed, no doubt there, that there was nothing else. That's what this chapter does for me. That's what this first paragraph opens up to. I am closing in on my time now in more ways than one. A spiritual experience will conquer. Finally, there's something that can win this disease. Not me. Not me. Once I knew that, help was on the way. Thank you for the for the time that I've been given. And with that, I do pass and anxiously await to hear my fellow travelers. Thank you, Paula D. Matt M. Press star one, Matt M. Oh, we're waiting for Matt. Katie F., are you there? Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I love this book because it seems like, you know, Matt, no matter where you pick it up, it, it's you back to the beginning. Um, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. And I, you know, I would never have uh, called myself agnostic. I mean, I, I grew up going to church. I, you know, was very, well, I wouldn't, was very involved, but I cried out to God a lot <laughs> and thought, you know, I am, I am, you know, as spiritual as I can possibly be. But this just isn't working. And so um, this is just giving me so much hope because where I was agnostic is in believing that God really cared about my compulsive overeating. And, you know, as it turned out, he did because that is the difference between my life today in, um, you know, compared to what it was like in active addiction. In active addiction, I picked up the food before I could even think about what I might do instead. You know, people would say, well, what was going through your mind? Well, nothing was going through my mind. I had the food down my throat before I could even think about possibly there was another way to do it. And what I was given as a gift, I believe, from my higher power is the ability to pause when agitated or disturbed, which still happens. You know, I've been asking for 
uh, two and a half decades or more and a little more than that, and I still get disturbed. I still get agitated. I still want people to do things my way, and when they don't, I can at times get disturbed. But the difference is today is that I know that I am not God, I am not their God, and I have um, a spiritual program that has helped me to learn how to work a different way, that I don't have to keep going back, keep falling back down those stairs and um, starting all over again because I messed up. Um, I do mess up. I do say I'm sorry, but it does not to involve picking up the food today. And, you know, this chapter is going to show us that it doesn't matter how religious you are. Wherever you are on the religious spectrum, you're welcome here, and this program will work for you. And I'm so grateful for that, and with that, I'll pass. Melanie? Hi, Matt. I wonder. Thank you so much, KDF. And, uh, yes, Matt, go ahead and take your turn. Sorry, I think the weather caught me off. Uh, Yes, hi, everyone. Good morning, visionaries. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Yeah, I just finished reading this chapter for my sponsor. I'm working on step two. A bunch of writing. I kind of get writer's cramp. Uh, it's it's really grateful I'm reading this again. I'm going over it with you on the line because um, I need to absorb this particular chapter more than anything because I can tend to be, when I'm in my disease, I'm self-will run riot. Just just like it was we were talking about more about alcoholism with the examples. I tend to be somebody who's not very irritable, restless, and discontented, as it says. You know, I think that I'm the actor who has to run the whole show, and if you don't do anything the way I want you to do, if you don't take me to get my food or help me get my, addic- my addictive food, I don't have any need for you, which is really horrible to look at that life, the way using people and throwing them away like Kleenex. And I'm very grateful that I, just for today, I realize that people are people, and I have to accept everyone for who they are, as well as myself and my imperfections, and that God loved me when I was, in, when I was a lunatic with the food, and he loves me now that I'm not in the food. Um, I'm grateful that I also have, I'm making the, I am definitely a low bottom of the barrel alcoholic when it comes to food. And I do want to quit entirely. I want to be, I want to be able to say eventually that I have recovered and then I'm, um, I've worked through the steps and I'm willing to go through all whatever pain, whatever, um, growth spurts are going to happen. And I know it's going to be painful at times, but, uh, I don't need to, I don't need to pick up when I feel emotions that are not exactly pleasant. Um, just I just have today, and this is the only day that I have, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. And what this book is showing me that it gives me a, a way to deal with a whole bunch of tomorrows. And I just have 24 hours. So I'm very grateful that we're reading this chapter today and we're going over it um, paragraph by paragraph, giving me some more insight into my my issue and hopefully to get me more and more into recovery. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Ann. Larry Kay. Melanie, thanks so much. Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So this this talks about um, honesty and, you know, why be honest? You know, is there a reason to be honest that will actually stop me from lying? You know, we we all lie, and and admittedly, most of us uh, only do so occasionally, but we still all do. We're human. And yet, you know, most of us also consider ourselves honest. And, um, you know, there's evidence that we're able to believe that we're, we're honest even though we lie or cheat by doing so only in, in little ways. You know, in other words, we can tell ourselves that, you know, we're mostly honest, just like I, I was mostly abstinent and mostly on this, this, uh, 
mostly, you know, engaging in this, this, this practical program of action, the spiritual program. So, you know, we, we tell ourselves that, you know, we're only dishonest in ways we think don't matter. You know, that was another one that I, that I pulled. You know, and, and that strategy apparently worked. You know, because I didn't suffer for a time serious what they call cognitive dissonance over our integrity, where my walk, 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 you know, was matching my talk, talk. So we, we want, I wanted, you know, the best of both worlds without too much work. See, I wanted what you had. I just wasn't willing to do what you were doing. I wanted the truth be told, and it was pretty rare when I would tell the truth. I wanted to eat. I wanted to continue to eat because I thought that made me feel better when, when in actuality it was numbing me out from any feeling. Of course, I didn't know that. I didn't know what I didn't know. Here's what I didn't know. I didn't know that um, I wasn't feeling at all. And I didn't know that until I took these steps and then I saw what it was like to feel, how normal people feel. So we agnostics, it starts for me with, with honesty. I had to get honest with myself. And um, until I was willing to get truly honest with myself, I would never, are you kidding me? I wouldn't embark on this practical program of action. Why would I? I wanted my cake and eat it too. You know, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to be thin. I wanted to have integrity, but I wanted my Oreos. I mean, come on. That's what I wanted. And uh, no one was going to want recovery for me more than I wanted it for myself. So um, God helped me to, I had to pray for the willingness to get honest. And the God of my own understanding helped me with that. Um, thank God it saved my life. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. <clears throat> with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Larry Kay. Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And I'm Vasa O. Recover Compulsive Overeater Calling from Florida. We agnostics. I, I shared before, I grew up in a communist country where we were taught in school there was no God, and I grew up with religion at home, so I had a lot of confusion. But I was probably more gearing to the what my friends were thinking or what my, my teachers were teaching us, or, you know, I was more into the agnostic, atheistic um, mind at that time. But I liked, the, to, I liked hearing this was a spiritual program. It was not a religious program. I liked that part. But again, I was ready to admit I was powerless. By the time I came to the program, I was ready to admit I was powerless over the food, and I couldn't manage, manage it by myself, by my own power and by own, my own will by my own will and by, by my own power. Um, I really didn't need someone else to convince me I was a compulsive reader. I did all the control and the experimentation. I exhibited over my, oh, excuse me one second. Yes, I experienced it over my eating years. So I needed, I needed a power, I needed so bad a power greater than myself to relieve me from the pain and the suffering from the, 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 the disease, the allergy, and the mental obsession, which I didn't know they called the disease till I came in the programs. I didn't know about the allergy, 
I knew about the mental obsession because I wanted it all the time, and I liked the effects of it. So I know we're not on step three, but, you know, again, I was so ready to surrender, and I did, you know, I did, I, you know, I humbled myself. I got on my knees, and I asked God to help me, and I had a spiritual, big spiritual experience. I didn't expect it. I was shocked. And I heard this small voice say in my head something about honesty, acceptance, and forgiveness. And I felt this power go through me, and I felt this weight just lifted off my shoulders. But that was just the beginning. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Basa O. Would one more person like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? This is Katie Katie from Boston. Kim, I'm going to take, I heard Mary uh, Lillian, and and then we'll move on from there. Good morning, Mary. Uh, Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service and also your compassion. I just want to focus on this sentence here. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness, which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And also, this other sentence above, it says, if you honestly, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or when drinking, you have little control over it. You may have to take, well, food is complex. We can't quit entirely. So for me, with the intensity of my illness, this made it complex, and um, I just want to focus on uh, the bottom that I had to hit before being even being honest, the supernatural willingness that kicked in. I didn't have a booming experience like Bill had, but I, what I had was, was this resolve. I don't get it. I just know that it was a, a, a spiritual experience that helped me with this, and then, you know, back on 43, it says, apart from divine help. And then I go back once again to, I think this whole book is a paraphrase of the doctor's opinion. You know, when he says here, in nearly all cases, their ideals must, I love the must, be grounded in a power greater than themselves. And I I take these sentences seriously. And then he says it again, uh, uh, Dr. Silkworth, he says they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls the chronic alcoholic or uh, the food addict compulsive overeater back from the case of death. So that's the realization I had to come to. And it was that bottom. I don't know. That bottom had a lot to do with it for me. So that's all I have to share. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mary Lillian. And I want to comment just a moment, too. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The things I see about this particular paragraph that is... um, uh, the, the most illuminating for me is that um, they're, they're starting to separate a distinction. Um, so now I can know that the pages up to 44 were telling me about alcohol, the alcoholic, the alcoholism, the behavior that it has, the, what it looks like in an individual, um, and the distinction, the absolute distinction between, between being one and not. And then they've wrapped it up in a couple of questions here, as a couple of you have pointed out already. If I, when I honestly want to, um, that be the case. But the interesting thing that I wanted to point out here too is that that um, we're going to start talking about something very curious. And the last sentence it says, "If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness, from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer." What an odd combination in my mind. An illness. I know how to treat an illness, and then the solution being. Um, a spiritual experience that will conquer this illness. 
that's what I get to look forward to in this chapter, that there is this thing that's going on in me. And the phenomenon of that is a, is a precise 12-step process that takes care of all those things, those things that I was fearful about, the things that I can't put down the food, this, this thing in the way in which I behave when I'm under the influence of it and the way in which I behave when I'm not under the influence of it, which is the most important piece here, that it is just absolutely intolerable. But my mind can't get around all that stuff. It can't reconcile. And, and matter of fact, I had already made a decision that I wasn't going to do anything with this religion that I had or this God that I experienced that I had put on this, this project for 50 years before. How in the world am I going to reconcile that? And this particular piece is going to, to lay that out and then the process of the 12 steps is going to have that happen to me. This illness and this spiritual solution is going to come together and I'm going to have something uniquely my own that's going to powerfully kick the behind of this deal that took my life. It's a phenomenal thing, an absolutely phenomenal thing. And with that, um, I would um, like to move on and have Terry H. please read the next paragraph, paragraph 2 on page 44. Yes, my name is Terry H., recovered compulsive overeater in Maine. To one who feels he is an atheist or an agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. But to continue as he means disaster, especially as an alcoholic of the hopeless variety, to be doomed in alcoholic death or to live on spiritual bases are not always easy alternatives to faith. And I love this paragraph because it, this, this paragraph tells me that it doesn't matter what you are. Um, it says where it's such an experience seems impossible, but to continue as he means disaster, especially as an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. So what is the hopeless variety? So the hopeless variety for me is one who wants to stop but can't. But, these, but they're telling us, you know, I may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer, so it doesn't matter what I am. And I think about, um, I think about page 17, because this is the promise that says, the tremendous fact for every one of us, so it says every one of us, not some of us, every one of us, is that we have, a, we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out which can, we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So it's telling me this is open for all. And then I think about, um, you know, um, so if I'm suffering from a spiritual experience on page 64, it tells me when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So that's the promise. And, you know, that's what the authors are offering me, you know, because I've always looked for external fixes for an internal problem. So it's a, it's an inside job, and, and how I'm going to get this spiritual experience is to continue to work the rest of the steps. So, so what I've learned from this chapter, um, which is, you know, we're going into step two, so I think it's interesting that they give us 43 pages plus eight of the pages of doc, the doctor's opinion to give me a firm foundation on step one. And, you know, what I've learned from this, you know, if you, if you have a good fir, firm foundation on step one, you know, and you know that you're the real deal, then you're going to be running to step two, which here we are in this chapter that I need this power from powerlessness, from powerless over, you know, that first bite, you know, and I have these two things that the previous paragraph just talked about. So what I've learned from this, this chapter is my blueprint is, you know, um, one, in order for me to recover from the obsession of the mind, you know, I, have, I must awaken spiritually 
Um, two, you know, I cannot possess the powers needed to overcome my problem on my own. Three, I have to set aside everything that I think I know to a spirituality which stands in my way for my recovery. And four, I just have to have the willingness to believe in a power greater than myself. You know, that's all that is needed. And, um, and five, five, they're going to give me um, clear-cut directions on how to begin to awaken spiritually. And I'm so grateful that it's here for for everyone and all. And um, if you have what I have, you know, there's a way out. And um, there's a freedom at the end of that, at the end of this chapter. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Would anyone like to comment on the second paragraph today? Katie G from Boston. I hear Katie G and I hear Rabia. Good morning, Katie G. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, recovered from Overeater for today from Boston, Mass. And what a privilege to be in this chapter. Um, I think the piece that I'm the most comforted is that it says we agnostics. So, like, right away it's including me in, right? Like, here I am, Katie G. I just admitted, like, I am powerless over my over this, like, food, and my, my life is completely unmanageable by, by me. I am doomed. I am totally, totally, completely without hope. Um, and the entire life that I've been living in which I've been using food as my solution to fix me, it's no longer working. It's broken. So here I am. I arrive at step two, right? And, and right away, it's including me in. It's saying, KDG, it's okay. Like, wherever you are. Um, and for me, you know, I believed that there was God. It was fun to talk about him. But he's going to help me with my food? Right. And I love this particular paragraph because, like, I'm beyond human aid. Like, books promising me I have no power. Like, I'm going to eat no matter what, no matter what I'm going to eat. If I'm a food addict of the hopeless variety, hopeless, you guys, despair, to be doomed, ill-fated. Like, this is not fun. Like, these are my two choices. I can be doomed and I can die of this food addiction or I can live on a, on a spiritual basis. And a lot of times people say, like, if I'm in a cancer ward, right, and, and they're offering me the most powerful substance to cure me and even if that is that spiritual basis of life like um excuse me then then i'm gonna take it right um but for me like i lie in this pit of of food i remember being in this pit of food right and i'm like well you know what i'm not really sure that kdg can can follow this like spiritual basis i'm not sure that this god is there for me and the best part about step two is i don't need an idea of god right i just need to believe i'm coming to believe that yes there is a power greater than me that's not me that can restore me to sanity i don't need to know who it is what it looks like some pretty frothy um um um, image, right? All I need to know is, are you KDG of the hopeless variety? Are you completely convinced that you are powerless, you cannot manage your own life, and without anything else, you're doomed? And all I knew at this point for me was that what I was working had brought me to the grave with boxes and bags. And that was it. And that was enough for me. And um, what a privilege to stay connected with that, that even today, you know, I can get agnostic with money, work and men and every day my prayer is God please help me trust you and not engage in fear-based activities around the areas in which I don't want to surrender um so I I'm included thank you God I am part of this we and with that I pass thank you Katie G Rabia M 
Good morning. This is Rabia M. I'm a compulsive overeater from New York, and good morning, fellow visionaries. And I would like to share my experience. And uh, yes, I also believe I am uh, doomed. And so what just recently happened for me is I, I did go through all these 12 steps with a guide, and I did have a spiritual experience personal to me, which is the guarantee. The first hundred recovered alcoholics guaranteed that each one of us who goes through these steps will have our own personal experience and find the spirit of our understanding deep down inside us. And and that did that happened to me. So I was living in the sunlight of the spirit and I was living in 10, 11, and 12, and um, and my life was so happy. I loved doing service, and so I had given, in the 10th step, my neutrality with food was all about my sugar and white flour. Um, I, haven't, I haven't picked them up in, in a lot of months now. However, last weekend, Sunday, Monday, I... Volume. I picked up volume, and um, and I spent two days binging on foods that did not have sugar and flour in them. Um, they were healthy foods. However, I ate volumes, and Tuesday woke up with a volume hangover in my mind, in my body, and in my spirit. And so this is what's really interesting to me, that... I I didn't bounce back like I usually do. I was so depressed Tuesday, Wednesday, still Thursday, still Friday, because I I was blocked from the sunlight of the spirit that I had uncovered in these 12 steps. And that was the most painful, painful thing that happened to me in that that relapse, was that, um, that that I had to go through these steps again and and, uh, I re- connect to that spirit and I had to let go of my sponsees and that's a spiritual experience for me and 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 I'm doing this step one again and now it's about my diet mentality because every time I get down to maintenance weight I pick up my free foods you know the foods that don't have any calories or the foods I can overeat or you know that uh, I've lived my whole life in diet mentality so so that's a big one for me to start focusing on and uh and that cuts me off from the sunlight of the spirit so it's a new layer i I get to experience a new layer with all of you go deeper this is a lifelong journey of going deeper and i'm so grateful to be here with all of you this morning thank you thank you rabia m anyone else like to share on this paragraph Kim G and Sarah W. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovery compulsive overeater. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. You know, this, my big book keeps bringing me down to two alternatives, and their solution: I'm, you know, I'm going to blot out the consciousness of my intolerable situation, or I'm going to go for spiritual help. Doomed to an alcoholic death, or I'm going to go for spiritual help. You know, the, the question in we agnostic is not do I believe in God because let me tell you, I went through 12 years of religious schooling. My belief in God was not a problem. 
But what someone pointed out to me is my words said I believed, but my actions said I, I was an agnostic. Because I was ruled by self-sufficiency, self-propulsion, worshiping people, places, things. So it's not about a belief in God. The question is, do I need a power? Does my powerless that I've learned in these previous chapters have me come to the conclusion I need a power? So we need to check our own history. My history showed me that self-sufficiency failed me utterly. My, self, my history told me that depending on a, on a boyfriend or money or a job status, that failed me utterly. Check your experience. Was dieting enough? We're just using the tools without the steps enough. Was I, were you treating, like me, Overeaters Anonymous, as a temporary respite? I love the, the line on page 25 where it says we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences. I had to admit in 17 years in a way, I had some deep experiences. Coming into a room of people who suffered like I did was a deep experience. However, it wasn't effective because I couldn't stay abstinent. So ask yourself, is what you're doing, is your belief system, whether that belief is in self-sufficiency, in a religious upbringing, in the fact that no, you know, you know, you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and that's it, how is that belief system working for you? Check your history. Let me tell you, my ultimate problem is I don't have access to that power. I thought step two meant that I had to believe in a power. I had to, you know, I used to write help wanted ads and, and you know, all these different things trying to define a power. That's not what step two is. If I could simply put down the food and believe in a power, then I guess would be a two-step program. Step two is simply acknowledging that I need a power. And that acknowledgement, that conclusion is going to propel me to make a decision in step three, and the action steps of four through nine are going to help me to, to um, cover the blocks of that power. Step 10 is going to allow me to live unblocked from that power, and in step 11, I'm going to get access to that power. So my confusion that 2 and 11 are very different, and the difference between 2 and 11 is if at 2, I accept the fact I need a power, and by working steps 3 through 10, I get access to that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Sarah W. Thank you, Melanie, for, the, for your service this morning. Good morning. My name is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, very powerful meeting this meeting. Um, my very favorite step is the second step, and I think the reason is because it provides so much hope for us that we walk through the first step uh, and admit our powerlessness, and now where do we go? And, um, you know, in thinking about that, I have to have enough willingness and open-mindedness and honesty to get to that place where I'm willing to say, well, maybe there is something else. If I close my mind off to the idea that, you know, this is the way I've always thought, this is the way I've always been, and this is the way I'll always be, then that's what I'll always be. And in Bill's story on page 12, where he actually um is asked by Abby, you know, why don't you choose your own conception? And on the bottom of the page, it says, thus was I convinced that God is concerned with, with us humans when we want him enough. At long last, 
I saw, I felt, I believed. What a beautiful thing that is. And I, uh, one of my sponsees said to me, and I had never heard it, she says, when we walk to God, God runs to us. And I really, I really believe that. The more I walk towards that direction, the more I have that sense in my, in my heart that I have this power that's always with me, inside of me, around me. And I think that is the gift of the program. Uh, so grateful to be here today, to be abstinent, to be um, connected to a power greater than myself. And not only that, but when I have that, I connect to myself and I connect to other people. And that is the gift of the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Who else would like to comment on this paragraph? Hello. Hi, good morning. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Okay, good. I'm Suzanne G., and I'm from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And um, I'm home from work today due to a snowstorm, and I found this meeting probably about two weeks ago. And what a powerful meeting, Um, thank God. Um, I suffered with anorexia and bulimia for 26 years. Actually, more than that, I've been in program 26 years. And when I did go away for treatment, one of the things I asked was, you know, why would I relapse? And their answer at that time was very new to me. And it was, you know, you, 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 um, you go into relapse spiritually first. And when I realized that I would break down spiritually first, that was something that I never forgot. So I do practice every day, you know, staying very close to God. And um, there are days that I doubt and could, could call myself agnostic, but those days are very short for me. Um, my abstinence is good. There, I do have moments and times where it's not perfect, but I don't beat myself up. And, you know, I'm here, and I don't forget where I came from. But thank you so much for this meeting. It's such a powerful meeting. And I'll pass on that. Did you say your name was Sue Ann G? Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sue Ann. Yeah, thank Suzanne, you. Suzanne D. Yeah, good morning to you as well. Welcome. Who else would like to comment on what was um, the second paragraph that we read? Kathy. Kathy K. And I heard one more person, and that should wrap us up. Thank you. Heard Suji. I didn't, but thank you, Suji. Kathy K. and Suji. Good morning, Kathy K. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. This is Kathy K., a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And I can't tell you how many times I read the sentence to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives. Um, I read it, I heard it, and I just um, assumed that it didn't relate to me. For so many years, um, I thought that uh, being abstinent for six months or three months and having a day when I wasn't abstinent was pretty good. Um, and because I was such a diehard agnostic, I just really could not frame it as this very straightforward and serious 
set of choices. Um, and like many have said, it really was uh, beginning to work the steps and um, and talking this through with my sponsor and practicing, really practicing what it meant to turn uh, to a higher power and to live on a spiritual basis. Uh, her her request that I act as if um, and do certain things every day um, to create a path to my own spiritual awakening um, was invaluable because I don't think I could have answered this choice or taken a decision in to turn towards a spiritual basis without that kind of guidance and encouragement. Um, and so it was definitely a long process for me. Uh, and when I read this chapter, I am reminded of how far I've come um, only because I did have the willingness and I did have the help um, to practice on a daily basis. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy Kay. And Sue G. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Um, yes, the choice, the alcoholic death, or to live on a spiritual basis. Well, for, for me, um, this is definitely a question of not God. I'm, I'm a doctor. Doctors think we're God. We, we get deflated about that in our training. Most of us do. It, it ain't going to work. Uh-uh, not God. Um, I get deflated in that uh, in my husband's chemotherapy where his doctor pointed out, well, he has a chronic disease. He's doing very well with the acute problem, but the chronic disease will persist. And both of us know that, and it gives us great strength in dealing with the uninvited guest of cancer. So now, what is this? To, to me, the, the, the thing I have to turn away from is I'm God. No, the answer is I am not God. That's all I have to know in step two. I'm not God. And that, that's very deflating. Huh. But where do I go with it? Well, I go to not God. That's I, God, thou, I am not God, my expectations, God, the living source of unconditional love with whom to aspire for betterment. I am without, with, with a higher power, a good orderly direction, whatever you want to call it here. We're, we're all agnostics in this chapter. With, with the good orderly direction, I am with. By myself, I am totally bereft and without, and I am isolated, and I am out on a limb. With God, I'm one of. And and the steps and continuing to work in the steps and 10, 11, and 1 equals 12, that, that's what I feel a commitment to for my life. Will I always be in this fellowship? I don't know. And that's okay. I'll be here as long as I need to, probably for the rest of my life, but who knows? It, and that's okay. And, and I think the steps are the, that that's where my recovery came from. It, it's wonderful to have the fellowship. It's vital. Without the fellowship, there is no recovery because who's going to come to it if we all die if there's no fellowship? But, but we need to work the steps and live in them and live in the message. And that's where the spiritual message is. And there are lots of other spiritual messages, too. There was Dr. Silkworth. He had one 
There was Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. They had one in the first 100, et cetera. We can find zillions of sources of spirituality, but we have to connect with it. And if, if it's just me by myself, my expectations, my ego, uh, I'm not going to connect with it. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close the recorded portion of our study today of the big book by reading um, on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Deanna B., would you please read that for us? Deanna B., press star one. Thank you. This is Deanna B. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of Happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.